Beard Bros Campfire Fun Time. I'm Grant. So we got another one here today. Tyler is not here. I'm just throwing in a little uh, podcast in the week. Uh, decided to get one out before the weekend. Um, if you are watching today, going to be listening. I'm going to try and put it up today. So we're talking 12-9, December 9th already, which is pretty crazy. <clears throat> uh, the year's kind of flown by. I know you guys more than likely feel the same. Seems like it was just January or February, uh, and time just kind of kind of went on by this year. Anyway, we have uh, we have a little shorter one today. Uh, I got to go pick up my girlfriend in about an hour or so, so we're going to try and keep it under that, but I got some stuff to talk about today. <clears throat> but first, the usual, uh, follow us on Facebook. We have Beer Pros Campfire Fun Time, of course. Uh, we post pictures and videos and stuff like that whenever, <clears throat> whenever something interesting comes up, whenever it pertains to what we do which is uh, getting to know ourselves better, getting to know each other better, and how to positively progress as human beings here for Team Human, um, all in the sake of love and hope. That's kind of what we do here, and that's what we preach. <clears throat> if you're new here, we appreciate you guys tuning in. Um, normally, I have my co-host Tyler here. Uh, that is also my brother. Uh, and yes, we do both have beards, uh, but... Like I said, I uh, decided to throw one up in the middle of the week um, when he is not currently available, uh, but we'll be back at it together shortly. I'm also planning some really good future guests. I've been sending out messages, uh, getting people lined up, trying to schedule all of that. There's a lot of interesting people to talk to, as well as some recurring guests that a lot of you have already listened to at least one time. Um, one of which is going to be Mike Blim, and hopefully get Jacob Wilson as well with him. Uh, maybe just Mike this time, and then get them both together in the future on another episode as well. Um, I know some of you reached out and really enjoyed the music aspect and the gear and the musician side of it as well. So it's always fun to talk to an amp builder and um, and as well as a gigging musician and <clears throat> just kind of hear their story as well. You know their starts and where they are now. But I guess we'll get into it. We are finished with a lot of hunting seasons. You know, a lot of the preliminary seasons are over, and now it's in the middle of it and getting towards the end. And the biggest one, we have white-tailed deer season here in Missouri, of course. So I've been going out uh, not so much this year, um, but I've been out probably six or seven times uh, deer hunting and... um since deer season started probably double that for squirrel hunting like squirrel and other other small game and, and uh it's kind of been alternating so i'll carry an ar like a scoped ar one day and go deer hunting and then the next day i would uh, carry my thompson center tcr 22 um, with my suppressor from bnt uh, out there <clears throat> so i'd go squirrel hunting and i've been pretty successful lately squirrel hunting it's um, for the first week, I didn't get anything. That was a little, a little upsetting, but you know how it is with all the weather changes. It's been kind of crazy here in Missouri as far as weather changes lately. Uh, warm, then extremely cold, and then cold and wet, and now it's warming up for a little bit again. So we have 50s and 60 degree days that are popping up here in December. Um, <clears throat> kind of leads me to believe that we're going to have a late and cold cold winter I feel like it's going to stretch on a little bit into 2023 and um, a little longer than normal but I'm at least glad we're getting four seasons again um, for it seems like the last 10 to 15 years almost here in southwest Missouri we kind of skipped fall we'd only have a week or two tops of fall weather and then it would jump bitter cold uh, and you know, like most of you, if you're listening to this podcast, you do enjoy the outdoors and doing things outside. And it, that fall window here in Missouri is perfect. You know, it's the 50s through 70 degree days and you're able to uh, go camping. And at nighttime, it's nice and cool. You don't overheat. The campfire is nice. The bugs are going away. Um, so it kind of sucked for a while not having, you know, a fall season. Um but we're getting back to it. It seems like this year is like the first year we're actually having all four seasons with ample time 
and I'm very appreciative of that. <clears throat> so I've been, you know, taking advantage, like I said, by going out hunting. And a lot of these days, there's not a lot of movement due to it's been warmer lately. Uh, but on those cold snaps or the wet cold snaps, you could go out and see tons of animals. And, and it was just my luck that every single time I'd carry an AR, go deer hunting, either on my property or on conservation areas, I would see no deer. Not at all. All day. I would spend hours and hours and hours in the woods. I'd stalk and then I'd sit for hours. Stalk and then sit. Trying everything. Didn't see anything and I'd see nothing but squirrels. I'm not about to shoot a squirrel with a <laughs> with a 5.56 five, hollow point round. Or a, a soft tip round. That would be devastating. And I am obviously like to utilize the squirrels for meat. So shooting... A squirrel with a caliber like that is not really advisable. Um, <clears throat> and it was just like every other. And then I'd carry my 1022 with my suppressor into the field and go squirrel hunting and small game hunting. And I'd see no squirrels, maybe a few armadillo here and there, walking around uh, scavenging for bugs and grubs and worms. But then I'd, I'd walk up within 20, 30, 40 yards of deer and really good sized deer. So it's been a little a little upsetting, to say the least. And this happened for like almost a week straight where it was just like on the dot. It was like every day that I carried one rifle for one activity of hunting in one, you know, um, section, I would get the opposite. <clears throat> so what ended up happening is I decided to carry my Glock 43X on me while I was hunting this conservation area and this would be Dale Sayre Conservation Area um, which is one that I frequent <clears throat> very very often for um, for squirrels and small game and I'm walking along the back side of the conservation area property line and I am carrying my Thompson Center TCR 22 so I'm squirrel hunting and small game hunting and I stopped because I had been out here for probably two hours or so. I stopped walking and I was just about ready to sit down again and just kind of wait and um, what the hunters call glass around a little bit, you know, look around and see if you can spot any animals. <clears throat> and just before I sat down, I heard a crashing coming through the woods, very large animal making these sounds come crashing it's breaking through sticks it's crushing leaves it's like matter of fact i think i heard it run into a few like stumps or the sides of trees because they were thumping in there and it was on my right but i also heard two squirrel sounds directly in front of me maybe a hundred yards in the leaves and they were rustling really crazy so maybe this noise was disturbing these squirrels and stirring them up so I'm looking right and then I'm looking straight looking right looking straight seeing if I can see one of these animals first and right as I turn to my right I hear the crashing and see it stops and there's this 10 point buck staring at me and he's maybe 15 20 yards from me and I just don't move but he's acting very strange I don't visibly see any blood or anything like that on him um and he's just staring at me but he's not really understanding what I am for obvious reasons I'm camo and I'm standing just deathly still and I have my rifle kind of down at my side and I just slowly take my right hand and reach towards my groin and I pull my Glock 43X out, which is a 9mm uh, concealed carry pistol. Um, <clears throat> and I, and he's still just staring at me. And he's doing like the snorts, but he's not stomping yet to try and like startle me to make me move or anything. So I just think maybe he's just so crazy from the rut that he has no idea what he's looking at. Like, he can see me, he can smell me, but he has no idea what I am. And so I just slowly raise my Glock up, and I put one right through his lungs and heart. 
<clears throat> and he falls right over, and I can't believe it. What I have in my Glock is 147 grain, 9 millimeter uh, Hornady critical defense. So they're they're very hefty, and they're they're very efficient. And if you can place a good shot, a nine will absolutely. You know, it's technically like a 35 caliber. So it's a nine millimeter is about the same diameter as a 357 or 35 caliber, right around there. So it's a it's more than enough to be able to kill a deer and alternative seasons allow you to shoot pistols and nine is an acceptable round for very close ranges like that. I just couldn't believe it all happened. The deer fell over. <clears throat> I'm freaking out. My breath starts going. I start breathing again, forgetting that I wasn't breathing and worrying about how long I wasn't breathing for. My heart's racing out of control. I'm freaking out. And I'm just about to uh, text my girlfriend, and I'm pulling out the um, Missouri Conservation app. So I'm going to go notch my deer, and I'm going to walk up to it here in just a few minutes. I'm just trying to calm down a little bit and let everything settle. And uh, <clears throat> I go ahead, and after about five minutes or so, I get up off my knee, and I walk over to him. And uh, he still hadn't moved at all. He was... He was stoned in that immediate moment, which was incredible. And here, you know, everything is going perfect so far. So you can imagine my hesitation with all this. Like, this seems just too, too crazy, you know, too wild to happen to me, too lucky. And uh, I go up to it and I get my knife out and I get my phone. I'm getting ready to notch and I start... Uh, cleaning a little bit just to open up some of that heat and vent it a little bit and cool it off as quick as I can and I get started and I hear a hey sir how you doing from the distance and I'm like holy crap scared me so I turn around and there's a hunter wearing his blaze orange about 100 yards behind me on private property walking over um, so I respond back and <clears throat> he walks over to the fence and he starts talking to me about that deer I just saw shot he had heard my handgun shot and that's obviously why he started walking over and then he saw the blaze orange that I was wearing and located me and he's like hey uh that that deer wouldn't happen to have 10 points would it and then my stomach dropped I was like <clears throat> I just had a bad feeling at that point and I was like um I actually think so yeah and I was like, hey, man, hop on over the fence and head over here and let's peek. So he jumped the fence and we start checking him out. And he's like, is there another shot on him? And I'm like, not that I saw. I'm like, but I haven't flipped him over to the other side yet. I I had him on this side right here, broadside where I shot him. And then I rolled him over on his back. Uh, so I hadn't really seen the other side. And so we go over and we flip him over. And sure enough, sure enough. There's a little, about a dime size hole, halfway back, just behind his lungs. And it looks like a rifle shot, but it didn't go through the other side. And he's like, Dad, gum. And he's holding the Remington 700, uh, 308. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, dang, man, was this your deer? And he's like, well, I'm not sure. I've been trying to track him since this morning. Um, we shot at a 10 point and this this looks like him and he was on the land over here. We shot at him this morning. Um, I thought I hit him, but I didn't see any blood. I didn't you know I didn't see anything. I didn't hear anything. He went running off um, and we've been looking for him ever since. And yep, we get to talking and sure enough, that was without a doubt a 308 hole. Um, and that was a 10-point buck. He identified it before he, you know, he saw it up close. So in that situation, you have a dilemma because both hunters shot the deer. One hunter, and it's legally, one hunter was there when the deer died and fired the final shot. So... In the state of Missouri, and I don't know what kind of laws are in every state, but I know that the state of Missouri does not have a law in regards to 
this situation. They specifically stay out of it because this is a very gray area. There's so many different like circumstances that could play out um, that would determine technically, you know, who gets the deer. Well, it's basically up to the hunters is what our our code from the conservation department says. So it's like it's up to you guys to decide and you just have to talk it out and decide. And I imagine that's a scary and kind of intimidating situation sometimes because even I was a little like wigged out. You know, we're in the woods. We're both carrying guns. We both shot this animal and we both want the meat in this beautiful, beautiful set of 10-point uh, antlers on top is just like icing on the cake as well. I mean, that's a that's an additional trophy for for any hunter that they would be extremely proud of. So this isn't, you know, just like a kick in the bucket or anything. You know, this is this is meat too, you know, 40, 60 pounds of of fresh white tail meat and so I just talked to him and I said, "Well, listen, man, if y- I say you positively identified that this was a 10 point. That means this is indeed the one that you shot. He was more than likely going to succumb to his wound. It's just whether or not you would have found him, you know. I understand that. And I also understand I did shoot him. It was the final, you know, blow. Um, But had he would have run back on your land and died, he was kind of going that direction. But... You know, no one knows that it's, but I was like, I'm not hurting right now for meat. And I personally feel that it's your deer because you shot him first. That's, that's, that's fair. I just kind of finished him off for you. It's unlucky how it works out, but I personally have no problem, um, forfeiting this to you. And he's like, are, are you sure, man? And I'm like, absolutely. I, I, I promise it's really no big deal. And he's like, he really appreciates it. And then he chipped in. He's like, matter of fact, man, this is this is my f- you know first deer in like twelve years, and I'm I'm really really excited. And I saw that joy in his face, and that's awesome. That's awesome. I felt super good about that because it was his deer and it was my deer, but he wanted it more. So you know what, he deserves it more. And that was kind of my thoughts on that. So if you're ever in that situation, people, um, weigh in more than just who got the final shot. There's a lot more to the situation that that can go along with it that will make or break the hunter. And who knows, that might be, you know, if someone goes 10 years without getting a single deer, they might give up. You know, so that that'd be awful to lose another, you know, conservationist and hunter like that, that could then pass on this hobby, this tradition, this conservation tactic, um, to future generations because they've had bad luck. And then once they finally got one, another hunter took their buck. It's like, you know, there's a lot more to it. And I care about the long term and the individual and how I would feel personally. You put yourself in the other person's shoes and try and empathize and not just sympathize um, with someone. So that was, uh, you know, kind of a bummer. <laughs> kind of a bummer for me that I didn't end up getting that deer and I let a four-point walk uh, on, on my own property. He was a little too small. Oh, uh, sorry, I was losing audio on my headphones, but we're good. He was a little too small and... uh so we'll try again next year. Um, I'm not too, you know, concerned about uh, not having deer. I have friends and I have some, you know, some sources. If I really want some deer meat this year, I can go and access that. Um, but next topic we have on the same lines, I'm hunting. I ended up making a trade, an optic trade for this guy's old bear bow. Um, and it's a traditional bow. It's it's a long bow actually, uh, and it's called the Montana. It's a 64 inch long bow, uh, so it's very tall, very long. I really like the idea of the old school archery. Um, I I've owned a compound bow before, and honestly, um, it was a little too easy to pick up and go for me. But not sounding pretentious and not meaning it that way at all or arrogant. It was 
it was so nice. It was like driving this sports car, and I kind of wanted something more rugged, more rough, a lot harder to be able to go out and replicate shots and consistency. I wanted to really punish myself, basically, on the archery front as far as education. (laughs) So you start on something like, you know, a long bow or like a recurve bow, and there's all these factors that you then have to minimize and eliminate in order to make your consistent shots. And you don't get things like cams and gears to help you pull that weight back and then hold it back with minimal weight at that point. Like this is just a 50 pound draw weight, but it still will force me to use proper technique and using my back muscles and elbow up and all these things. And I'm very excited for that. So I've been going out in the woods with little flu flu arrows, uh, with small game heads, shooting at squirrels, missing every single one of them. But still, you can't hit them if you don't try and shoot at them. So we're learning. We're going out. That's been a lot of fun. I'm loving it. Um, so I think that's another hobby I'm going to probably dive into in between. It'll also help um, extend hunting seasons for me, extend my chances. And um, also, it's it's a lot of fun. Um it's a lot more fun than I really remember. Uh, like I said, with that compound bow, I did have fun with it. I set it up in the backyard. But the reason why I said it was a little too easy, I ended up having a groundhog problem at a rental house here in the middle of Springfield. Hold on, I'm taking a drink. And my landlord was also my boss at the gun store, Zach from Eagle Armory. Shout out to Eagle Armory. Get all your firearm needs there. And... He said, well, it's a shame that you can't, you know, just get rid of the problem, meaning just go out with a twenty-two and shoot the groundhog whenever he or she comes out. Because we were having issues that it had completely dug underneath the shed in the back, so the floor had then rotted out, and there were holes going down from the inside of the shed through and to the ground about two or three feet deep in some areas. So this groundhog was destroying that we already had to replace that and then he started going towards the house and he would go closer and closer every day eating the clovers in the backyard and doing all that so I had just bought from the Bass Pro Shops Outlet Center this used um, or refurbished uh, bow I I don't even remember what the brand was it might have been an older Hoyt um, and it was like from the previous season. So you can get them for like nothing. I think it was like a hundred and hundred and thirty or hundred and forty bucks. And it had a draw weight of like forty pounds. And I didn't have it set up or anything. It came with uh all sorts of um sight pegs and all that. Yeah, I didn't. I just slid them out of the way because I was more interested in instinct shooting, which led me to do traditional archery now on the longbow. But I didn't have that, and I just practiced a lot in the backyard with one of those yellow archery targets, and I'd shoot and thump it, and it only took a couple times, like a couple shots before I started just hitting the bag every single time exactly where I wanted it, and I felt that came on a little too quick, and it came on a little too easy for me, but it ended up working out in the situation because one day I got the idea that I'm just going to leave the kitchen window above the sink which faced the backyard and faced the shed I'm going to leave that bad boy open and I'm just going to lower the blinds and then throughout the day I'm going to check as I walk by and this was my day off and I just set the bow in the kitchen with an arrow already on the string just waiting and sure enough um, I don't remember what time it was I think it might have been early afternoon but Tyler was actually there so when he comes on the next episode, I'll I'll try and remember to bring it up when he could talk about it. But I think we were watching It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia or something. And I turned to my left because we were in the front room and I could see through the door door window that he was out there. So I slowly get up and I go into the kitchen. I grab that bow and I reach my hand up and I slowly pull the chain to raise the blinds up. And every like... 
10-15 seconds, the groundhog moves forward about a foot or two, then engulfs his face with clover, and then stands up on his back feet and props up like bipedally. And he will uh, chew and look for predators. But he's faced like directly at me, so I have this plan. I'm like, I'm just gonna wait till he he goes down, moves forward, munches a bunch, and then stands up, and that's when I'm gonna take my shot. So I hold the bow and I get everything ready, and I pull it back. He moves forward about a foot or two, takes a mouthful, stands up, and I release the arrow, and it went right through his heart. He ran. Tyler heard the scuffle, and he's like. I can't believe you actually hit it. And he goes running outside with me. And this groundhog tries to run. He gets maybe three, five yards. Three three to five yards, which is going back towards the shed where he lived underneath it. And he didn't make it to it. He died before he got over there. And me and Tyler were just in shock <laughs> that I, A, actually hit him. And B, how big he was. He was huge. I I couldn't believe how heavy that big boy was and how soft their pelts are. Had I would had I would have been prepared and known, I definitely would have skinned him and uh tanned his hide and pelt because my goodness, their their um pelt is really sought after. Um you can make lots of things, hats and gloves and winter things out of them. It's tends to be pretty dadgum waterproof and extremely warm similar to beaver but a little cheaper and easier to get and we're infested here with groundhogs my goodness um oh oh, the news oh gosh I'll just say this uh everyone's already seen it the trade the trade the international uh negotiation if you even want to call it that I didn't see any negotiating on our end Um, we traded an international Russian arms dealer a criminal that is has horrible nickname and he hates us he's he's a literally one of the worst kind of human beings you could possibly be in a criminal Um, and we exchanged that asset for Brittany Griner, um, WNBA player, um, who openly hates America, hates our values. Um, it's very weird. It's very strange that openly disrespects our country, yet pleaded for our country to save her. It's very strange that that's who we end up exchanging, even though we still currently have a U.S. Marine in prison in Russia accused of being a spy and that was made very 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 clear that that US Marine would not be a part of this trade deal Um, so do with that as you may but remember keep notes because I am and these people are playing the same agenda these people are playing the same exact cards that they always do and the people that say one side is better than the other or you know they're truly different and you can see it no they're not listen we are watching an episode of Tom and Jerry in the real time one side is Tom the other side is Jerry the reason why they can never get together the reason why both sides can never truly be individual and have their own convictions but come together with negotiations and actual communication is be- is the same exact reason why Tom will never catch Jerry because the show will end it'll all be done if Tom catches Jerry there is no more show so he always has to chase him same way with the roadrunner right Wiley Coyote, if he ever caught the Roadrunner, there would be no more episodes. It's the exact same thing, folks. You're dealing with a Wiley Coyote and a Roadrunner. That's why we can never get anything done politically, because if we ever aren't dealing with a Wiley Coyote and a Roadrunner, they tend to get removed, discredited, delegitimized, disenfranchised, and ultimately 
destroyed whatever those mean into whatever levels that ends up you know ironically and coincidentally happening to a lot of politicians that don't follow suit and follow with the party right that's why a lot of people talk about how the third party is a wasted vote you know you're just giving it to the other side well is it I think some of those candidates absolutely are. They're put in there to mud the water and to steal votes so that one side will benefit more from that vote not being cast. I, I totally understand. I totally understand. But it's extremely hard to know who's genuine and who's not and what, what the best choice is because I, don't, I personally don't know about you guys, but if I ever feel... That all of my personal beliefs are being said, quoted, and then followed by a certain politician. I don't get excited. I get weirded out and nervous. Like, wait a second. Are they just playing to the audience? Are they, you know, picking up what I'm putting down and so they're giving me the product that I want with trying to make it seem like it's a genuine you know call for action for them to be at this service position i i just don't believe it anymore i think more along the lines of what joe joe rogan talks about is like anyone that wants those positions are absolutely insane and criminal it's one criminal organization versus another it's not the r versus the d and we know that it's just criminal organizations versus other criminal organizations fighting, stealing, and paying for power. Because remember, money isn't anything. Look at these four crypto billionaires that died. They're billionaires. They all died in the matter of the last month. You know, just all mysterious circumstances, like the richest people. They all just died. Your money doesn't buy you safety and happiness. It doesn't it doesn't get you at that level where you're untouchable, right? But it seems that if you play their game, you do what they do, you you are untouchable. We do see people that follow the agenda that can do horrific things and then immediately get forgiven, with, literally sometimes within a minute. For instance, Will Smith slapping Chris Rock, moments later awarded on stage standing ovation from everybody seemingly forgetting what just had happened moments before this at this very same event the very same night just before their eyes this short-term memory loss is unbelievable you know this selective viewing this selective memory is it's getting extremely hard to deal with especially when you are talking um talking to other people that you may disagree with on topics because they could be completely completely off base and it's near impossible to talk to them because the foundation isn't even there where you're in the same reality so how are you to possibly talk about little things in semantics when the foundations of reality are so fundamentally different from the starting point and I think that fundamentally is a lot of what Jordan Peterson talks about. And that's why he's so, you know, brazen to a lot of people. Um, but really, it's he just wants to come to the table with the same basic one or two understandings before you have this discussion slash debate, right? Which is A... We are here to talk and discuss those two words exactly. And then, B, we may or may not come to an agreement, but we don't have to hate each other violently, and we need to have basic understandings of respect for each other and love for each other. And as long as you have that as a foundation those two things at least the bare minimum the bare minimum you should be able to have a conversation with anyone right any human being you should be able to at least be able to resort back to those and be like well I don't agree at all 
And I think that is crazy. However, that doesn't impair my thoughts, feelings, or opinions of you as an individual and as a person because you can always take that belief that you just disagreed with them and substitute the content for ketchup and mustard. You like ketchup, they like mustard. So how ridiculous would it be for you to be so angry at someone for not liking the condiment of your choice? And that's that's <laughs> that's ultimately what it goes down to. And I know you, you can say, well, no, abortion is not, you know, a condiment and it's bigger than ketchup and mustard or plug in whatever talking point. I just pulled one out. Just plug in whatever talking point and you could argue, well, it's not the same, Grant. I understand. But fundamentally, it is. Fundamentally, it is. They agree and like something and they disagree and don't like the other thing. And you happen to like what they disagree with and don't like. So, it's the same thing fundamentally. And we have to learn to have a mutual respect for each other coming out of those disagreements and going into those disagreements is more important than coming out personally for me because it's so difficult to have a conversation with someone nowadays and especially if they don't understand that basic fundamental you know guideline for conversation that that is taught in things like speech and debate in a lot of high schools and it's a very usable skill. It's extremely important that um, that people learn how to communicate better because online has been just devastating for people's communication skills. Texting and messaging, there's no end to conversations, you know. There's no, all right, man, see ya. It's just like when you're texting and messaging, it's it's seemingly endless, right? So the the whole functionality and like the rhythm of conversations and the flow have changed so drastically in the last, what, 15, 15 years, 10, 15 years. And it's changing who we are. And you pair that with social media and it's doing weird things to people's behaviors. And I enjoy observing patterns of behavior as well as changes in patterns of behavior in people. Um, just as much as I enjoy doing that same thing with myself because that 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 pattern that sequence of your behavior and then those changes and what makes those changes and at what time and then how have you um, consistently changed from that point on have you let those things happen again these are all fascinating to me like the sociology of things why someone chooses to do what they do and why I'm extremely fascinated with that um so i guess i'm not sure where i was going with that i have some notes in front of me and i made the mistake of glancing over and then i just lost my train of thought here but i'll go into something i found really interesting too because i was looking up um the term discrimination because everyone has a problem with like the word discrimination um and it seems that if you're discriminatory that's then you're a bad person and like discrimination in general is bad is what we're all have been recently hammered on us it seems you know you don't want to discriminate against people so i decided to look up the definition and then i got a better idea i'm like i'm gonna pull up more than one places to look up the definition and I ended up going to DuckDuckGo and entered discrimination definition <laughs> that sounds like a rap song discrimination definition um, and then we have Fergie and then I went to Google and I entered the exact same thing discrimination definition and I find it very interesting, but not at all surprising. Um, Google pulls up the Merriam-Webster, of course. And we've all heard that a billion times. Middle school, high school, college. 
Webster's Dictionary defines discrimination as, and then they would start their like commencement speech, right? Where they would define something from Webster's Dictionary as we all know now, and we've all been trained and taught and indoctrined that Webster, Merriam Webster, Webster's Dictionary is the definitive, ultimate definition dictionary. So, what do Merriam Webster say about discrimination? It's a noun. Hmm. And they gave me, let me see here, how many? Yes, three definitions. Three. So they have it nailed down pretty tight. Doesn't mean a whole bunch of things. It just means these three things right here. A, prejudiced or prejudicial outlook, action, or treatment. Racial discrimination. Okay. And then part two of that would be B, the act or practice of discriminating categorically rather than individually. So again, it's talking about racial discrimination and skin color, ethnicity, etc. Two, the quality of power of finely distinguishing the film viewed by those with discrimination. Okay. And three, the act of making or perceiving a dis- difference, the act of discriminating, and it talks about, the reference here is, a bloodhound scent discrimination. So that, you know, leads me, the very first one was racial discrimination, so prejudice. So discrimination, prejudice. And then it talks about, well, distinguishing, you know, um, because you're discriminating, so you're kind of distinguishing. Again, you can tie that in with racial discrimination and skin color. Last one, perceiving a difference. Again, that, well, so it leads me to believe discrimination is bad. And someone who is prejudiced and discriminatory is not a good person. I go over here to the American Heritage Dictionary of the English Language, 5th edition, because that's just one of the ones that pull up on DuckDuckGo, as well as Merriam-Webster and a slew of other ones, because they give you many options. So, I just find it very, very interesting how they describe it. Number one, discrimination. The act of discriminating, obviously. That doesn't really help here. Two, the ability or power to see or make fine distinctions or discernment. Okay, so now we're getting more like observant kind of quality. Okay, number three, treatment or consideration based on class or categories such as race or gender rather than individual merit, partiality or prejudice. So, of course, that's that's the number one that everyone goes to and thinks of, of course. But then it starts getting interesting because I always thought that was kind of the only real term for discrimination the act of distinguishing the act of observing making or marking a difference distinction as the discrimination between right and wrong and then i'm like oh oh yeah so we we all discriminate daily hundreds of times when your alarm goes off you discriminate decisions to snooze or to get up it's as simple as that okay so now we're distinctly identifying multiple definitions for a word i know you're like why is this important bear with me bear with me guys number five specifically the power of distinguishing or discriminating discriminative just judgment penetration as a man of discrimination number six the state of being discriminated distinguished or set apart set apart that which serves to discriminate a mark of distinction it's very interesting and the synonyms are discernment clearness acuteness acumen nicety insight so it's it's interesting to me that I learned a lot more about the term than what I've been told And people just give a blanket statement like, you're being super discriminatory. You're being prejudiced. I disagree with that. I disagree with that. And they're changing our words. These these people that push for all these, all sorts of changes in our language, I have extreme 
hesitancy as to what their end goal is because <laughs> if you're keeping the definition from people and you're changing that definition then you're lying to them about what the word means and you're not letting them unlock the true potential of that word and the power of the language because when you understand language you can effectively use it positively in your life every day obviously you talk every day and to understand and have a greater vocabulary and a greater use of words like discriminatory discrimination discriminate and all variations and words like this you can take back these language nazis that fascistically change our english language and you know why they're doing it and they know why they're doing it they're hiding empowering language they're hiding hope they're hiding love they're hiding the truth and they're only wanting to feed you fear hopelessness and hate on a daily basis and it's so obvious from just observing any news media outlet or any social media platform um, and listen to their language listen to the words they're saying listen to the points that they're trying to make in comparison and contrast it to people like myself that just want to openly discuss things and talk things out and you get told that you are a blank fill in the blank an ist or whatever and you are discriminatory against another blank and you're like what is even going on here so <laughs> i think it's important that we take back our english language so make sure when you're doing things even as simple as looking up a definition you might want to change your search engine and just go look elsewhere as well to see if there's more to you know mo more to the story i thought it was just really interesting with that um let me see oh last night had a crazy crazy thing happen um it was, it was like getting close to like 11 11 p.m and it started raining here you know it had been raining for a while and all of a sudden the apartment uh storm door opens up uh to the front door which is like that glass door you know and then there's pounding on the front door and i'm like what in the world so i walk over to the front door and i'm like who is it i'm yelling through i'm not about to open the door i'm not stupid i live downtown springfield <laughs> you don't you don't open your door and especially at night like that that's just you just don't do it and there's a girl yelling out hello i need help and i said why She's like, help me. And I said, why? So I go back into the bedroom because I'm not here. She's not responding at that point to anything else. She's not saying anything, but I heard that she hadn't closed the door yet. So I go back to the bedroom. I grab my gun, walk out, and I stand behind the door again. And I try and peek out the window, and I don't see her. So she's huddled up, like up against the door. I don't see anyone else, but I'm still not opening the door. And she starts pounding again. She's like, open up. And I said, no. I said, why? What do you want? And she says, call me a cab. So I'm like, but there's there's no emergency urgency in her voice. You know what I'm saying? There's, there's no explanation. Just pounding and call me a cab. And I said, why? She says, because I'm a girl and I don't want to walk. So, <laughs> so I start laughing. And I said, just get out of here. Just, just, just get out of here. <laughs> you hear the door close. She just goes walking away. That's part of the craziness living downtown Springfield. You never know what's going to happen. Like that one girl that came beating on the door at like 3.30 in the morning. I talked about it. Trying to open the door. She was blackout drunk and had no idea what she was doing. And once I finally saw that it was a girl, like a young, frail blackout drunk girl I opened the door and I said wrong house <laughs> and I had the gun on me but that would be one of those situations I would open the door to inform her that this is not the place that she's looking for um, a lot of people say well why wouldn't you help her I 
I literally was barely even awake or alive. It was 3.30 in the morning. Someone was trying to break in, so I was in a totally different mindset. <laughs> so, um, let me see. Liver King, Liver King, Liver King. Man, Brian Johnson, the Liver King, ousted uh, this last week. Emails got leaked um, that he was on... A whole stack of steroids for a long while. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah, who did not know that? I will go ahead and say, if you look at someone like um, Brian Liver King Johnson and you think natural, no steroids, and especially at his age, that is physically impossible, people. Um these generally comes from people that don't work out or they're not super active. They will take someone at their word, and I get it. Uh, but oh my goodness, is he in a lot of a lot of hot water right now? Um, today, actually, uh, Andrew Schultz uh, released flagrant podcast with Brian Johnson on it. It was very funny. He was very good. He opened up. He kind of leaned into it, um, admitted everything again. Um, they joked around with him so hard. It was hilarious. Uh, but, you know, again, who expected him to be natural? I <laughs> I couldn't tell you. It's so obvious. I didn't expect to eat liver and look like that. That's absurd. It's about the diet and the, the nutrition. He has the good points. You can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah, he was caught. He lied. He did horrible things. Everybody does. I understand. I don't hold those against him. I That's not why I was following him, and I wasn't following him like a soldier or anything. I just, I also happened to believe that eating more meat and organ meats is a good thing. You guys have heard me for a long time talk about stuff like that, and he just kind of went crazy with this thing. Um, and a lot of people correlated, well, he just wanted to sell product with his other stuff, and yeah, more than likely he did, and not justifying anything for him or excusing anything. That was a horrible situation, wrong thing to do. He lied. He manipulated um, the story many times. He doubled down, tripled down, quadrupled down, would continuously tell people he was natty. I'm natty, bro. Uh, I would never touch the stuff. Yet he was just stacked to the gills like a Jenga tower. I mean, but again, it's as to be expected. And it's, He's not competing in a sport. He's not doing anything like that. So he's not cheating. He's only cheating himself when he lies. If he just would have came out and told people, yeah, I'm I'm taking all sorts of growth enhancements and steroids and stuff and peptides just because I'm, you know, I'm in my 40s and clearly I'm not going to be looking like Jason Momoa over here and my age unless I juice up. Yeah, I understand. If that's your goal, then that's fine. If that's your goal and you understand all the risks and you sign the line, that's totally fine. It's when he doubled down and all that and kept lying. He's like that's when stuff went wrong. But again, don't let that, don't let that uh, steer you away from the kind of core tenets of what he was talking about. It does not mean that everything he's talking about is bullcrap. Um, he was pushing a very healthy lifestyle that if you in fact followed the basics of what he was talking about I myself could guarantee you at least some improvement in your life and more than you expect I'll say that if you did a lot of the things that he was talking about at least introducing into your life you know diet and exercise and morning sun and drinking lots of water and eating meat and organ meat and natural things like that and all of that is extremely healthy extremely helpful and it's just unfortunate that that message is now tainted with lies and you know he'll have to deal with that that's why you just have to be honest you got to be yourself um just just be yourself yeah he he wasn't competing in a sport, so I don't know why he lied about it. He should have just said, of course I'm on juice. I'm old, but I want to be jacked still instead of just healthy on the inside. I would like 
to show it physically what I f feel like. So sure, sure, you know, juice up at that point. Just just be honest, people. <laughs> it's crazy though. It's crazy. All that, all the videos. Uh, Derek from More Plates, More Dates. That's the video I recommend you all watch. It's it's an hour long. His YouTube channel is More Plates, More Dates. Uh, his name is Derek, and he does a whole breakdown on the whole Liver King. Uh, situation and how he got his start the emails his diet nutrition his um, steroid stack regimen all the emails and everything and he breaks it down it's extremely good and then he also Derek goes on Joe Rogan um, no more than a few days ago and he talks about that situation as well for 35 minutes or so um, kind of re-explaining and then you pair that with the Liver King's apology video, which is garbage. But then you pair it with the podcast he did with Andrew Schultz on Flagrant, and I think he's going to be all right. I I really do. He was genuine, and he was honest, and it was the first time he seemed like Brian Johnson publicly, which was a huge first step for me seeing it. Um, so I recommend going and listening to that podcast, Flagrant. Um let me see, uh, one last thing we're going to talk about before I get out of here. i got to go pick up Brittany, my girlfriend from work. Um, the Chosen Season 3 is finally started. They aired the first two episodes in theaters a week ago or so. A um, week or two ago had amazing, amazing opening box success. Unbelievable success. Um, Dallas has been doing um, appearances on different segments of people's um, media outlets such as Ben Shapiro. I saw him do a segment about 10 minutes talking about The Chosen and how much of a radical success the first two seasons have been. And let alone, you pair that with the box office performance of season three, episode one and two in the theaters, and it, it's huge. It's huge. And it's all crowdfunded. Um, you have to go see it. They're about to release... Uh, those two episodes that they premiered in the theater uh, they're about to release those on their app um, it's free app download it that's where you're going to be able to watch it for free they also have tons of merch ways that you can pay it forward you can donate to the show and do all that as well um, it's an incredible show if you uh, enjoy the bible stories um especially the New Testament and the story of Jesus and stuff. You're going to love this. If you've never watched it and you never watched anything like it, you didn't grow up in church, I recommend you watch it because it's not a church series. It is about real-life lessons, and there are 12 people you're going to learn about that, basically 12, that get to experience Jesus every day for a long period of time and the situations that they get themselves into are going to be situations that you've already been in and or situations you're going to go through or ones that you're currently going through. I guarantee you at least one of these disciples, one of these characters in the story, you're going to be able to relate to and learn something and it's going to be extremely positive if you're trying to enhance your personal growth um, maybe you're not into faith but again this is something this isn't exclusively for people of faith it's quite the opposite actually it's it's a reinforcement for people of faith but this is a reaching out um, and it goes across so many different um, so many lines of groups of people that were previously never going to watch anything about, you know, the story of Jesus and it's 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 amazing guys. You're not too late to get it now. I know they have many, many, many seasons planned and it's they're just now releasing season three. So you can binge season one and two in no time. They're free on the app and then you can get caught up right with season three. So on that note, it is time. I'm already running a little late. Um, we are right at about an hour. By the time I finish outros, we're going to be 60 minutes. So, hey guys, I appreciate you tuning in to Beer Bros Campfire Fun Time. I've been Grant, 
and I appreciate it. Uh, all you new people listening to the very end, um, go ahead and give us a like, give us a follow, give us a review, five stars, whatever it is, um, on whatever podcast app you're listening to. Uh, we really appreciate it. Next time we'll get Tyler back on here and the duo will be back and then we'll get some more guests lined out. But until then, thanks for listening.